Hi, I'm Jason Seaver. I'm a psychiatrist, and I believe in the infinite potential of the human spirit. And I'm Maggie Seaver. I'm a mother, and the infinite potential of the human spirit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. She's not so tough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, anyway, last week, after 15 years of motherhood, Maggie went back to work as a reporter for the local newspaper. And Jason moved his practice into the house so he can be there for the kids. They're great kids. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them. Yeah, there's just one problem. Their father trusts them, and they know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Show me that smile again. Don't waste everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. Well, today, since it's September, I figured we'd, we'd cover a Maggie Seaver episode, and the one I wanted to do for, for so long, because Joanna Kearns, who plays Maggie, acts her butt off. Especially the performance she gives at the end just rips my heart to shreds. And being the subject matter is probably going to rip my heart to shreds too. Because I can 100% relate to this. The episode, of course, I'm talking about is Season 6, Episode 17, entitled, Eddie, We Hardly Knew Ye. This episode aired on January 30th, 1991. Also, if you guys have Amazon Prime, all of the episodes of Growing Pains are available to watch with your Amazon Prime subscription. In this episode, Maggie learns her father is dying. This episode's got a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Maggie... There's a flashback here with young Maggie and young Ed... I have not watched this episode since probably when they're doing reruns of this on the Disney Channel. So back in like 1997, 98. Um, Gordon Jump plays Ed Malone. And I'm ju I just, you know, I've been watching Different Strokes, the show, and I had watched the Bicycle Man two-part episode, and just like, oh no, why? Why did it have to be you, Gordon Jump? This episode was directed by John Tracy, creator Neil Marlins, who you all of Wonder Years fans will know created the Wonder Years alongside Carol Black. Also, this episode was written by Rich Reinhardt. Oh, there's trivia here. Um, the title is based on the song Johnny, I Hardly Knew Ye, a popular early 19th century Irish traditional anti-war song. All right. Before I get into the episode, I just want to let you know where you can follow along with the podcast. You can go to Facebook at Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast page. You can go to Instagram at Growing Pains Pod, or if you'd like to send an email, you can go to LBOM Wonder Years Podcast at gmail.com. That's also the email if you want to send 
an email regarding Mr. Belvedere or regarding Small Wonder, American Dreams, all emails in regards to those shows is the LBOM Wonder Years Podcast at gmail.com. In October, I plan to do a episode for Jason Seaver, and then in December, I'm going to do a Christmas episode, and I think what I want to do coming forth in the new year, I do kind of want to flip-flop a little bit between Growing Pains and Mr. Belvedere, because I kind of miss covering that show, and I think we'll do, like, one month will be a Mr. Belvedere episode, the next month could be a Growing Pains episode, and so on and so forth, something like that. I also would like to try to get an episode out every once in a while of American Dreams, because I only got four episodes into that show, but however, with my other podcast, you know I'm working on Full House, I'm not doing every single episode all the right way through, I've been doing different series currently, I am doing the Back to School series. After that, I'm going to do a couple of Halloween episodes uh, in October, Thanksgiving, no- November, and a lot of Christmas in December. Coming January, you are going to get the next series, which is entitled Jesse and Becky. You're going to see their first meeting. You're going to... I'm going to also cover their almost elopement in Lake Tahoe, their engagement, their actual wedding, the episode where she finds out she's pregnant, and the episode where the twins are born. So that's going to be coming forth in the new year. Also, I am still currently covering, I'm almost done as of this month, wrapping up season three of Silver Spoons. If you want to listen to the other seasons past season one, you can do so by going to the Punky Power Punky Brewster podcast on you um itunes or apple podcasts and you can listen from there starting in january a new podcast is coming it's going to be i left my heart in everwood an everwood podcast this podcast is only going to be twice a month for the year of 2020 If later on I'm able to do more episodes during the month, great. But we'll see 2021, even though that's a while from now. I'll probably be switching to maybe four episodes a month. We'll we'll see how 2020 goes. I just honestly pray that um, 2020 is a better year for us. Hopefully some new changes. Maybe a, a new location. A new job. A, a big change. I think I really, we both, my husband and I kind of need it. I definitely need it. This year's been so difficult for me. If you've been listening along, you know that my father passed away from cancer in March of this year. That's why this episode is going to be probably pretty hard for me. And But I want to cover it because, like I said, Joanna Kearns does such an amazing job as Maggie. And it breaks my heart just remembering that scene at the end. So... Without further ado, guys, let's get into this. So, we get the cold open here. We see a taxi pull into the Seaver's driveway. Uh, Grandpa Ed comes out. And the guy's like, hey, that's 34 even. The cab driver tells him, like, yeah, just give me a second. And the cab driver's like, well, if I'd known, known that you were gonna 
go off for a bit to get money. I wouldn't have turned off the meter. Of course, Grandpa Ed just looks at him, smiles, says, I know. <laughs> now, you see Grandpa Ed, he's just outside the door to the house. And you see him kind of looking. He sees Ben there, but he takes a big breath. Like, he knows that this is going to be hard, what he's come to do. Ben, of course, the eating machine, has got a bowl of cereal, and he's, like, poured the whole entire box. Oh, my gosh, he's even got, is that a waffle with e that Ben likes to eat? That's always been Ben's thing. Loves, loves, loves to eat. Oh, God, give me strength. Spread what? <laughs> Grandpa Ed! <laughs> Listen, are you happy to see me? Sure, Grandpa. Are you thrilled to see me? Are you back, Grandpa? Got 34 bucks I can borrow? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Keep your pants on! Where are your folks? In bed. This isn't a pretty picture. Well, they're husband and wife in the sleeping room in bed. Jason. <laughs> oh, Jason. Yeah, sweetheart. Yo, Jason, stop on that! Like the machine gun. No. Uh, oh, Ed, what are you doing in my bedroom? A uh, more important question might be, what are you doing with my daughter? We're married. Oh, you think that makes it okay? <laughs> How about a little kiss? How about that? Is he always this in the morning? So I'm trying to think, when was the last time that Grandpa Ed was on, you know, I, I guess it's got to be what season, was it season four, the anniversary from hell? Or, uh, Jason and Maggie's 20th anniversary, this just goes to pot. <laughs> Um, but he sees Ben there, he's like, hey, Ben. No, actually, because Grandpa Ed used to be a cop, so he's got some rolled up, whether it's newspaper or something, and he pretends it's like a gun, he's like, stand up and spread him, and Ben's like, spread what? And he looks, he's like, Grandpa Ed! And he's like, hey, Benny, oh, it's great to see you. Are you happy to see me? And Ben's like, yeah, Grandpa! Are you glad to see me? Sure, Grandpa. Do you have $34 I could borrow? And Ben's like, uh, who are you? <laughs> so, uh, he asks, like, where Jason and Maggie are. Ben says, well, they're still upstairs sleeping. Jason, uh, Ben, ugh. Ed goes up there, and he starts <laughs> saying, Jason, Jason, and, of course... He, like, screams in Jason's face, like, Jason, up and at him! And Jason's like, what, what? And he looks, he's like, Ed, what are you doing here? And, of course, Grandpa Ed's like, I think the important question is, what are you doing here with my daughter? And he's like, uh, we're married. Yeah, they've been married for over 20 years. So, he's like, oh, give me a hug, daughter, uh, Maggie. And, of course, he's like, Grandpa Ed is a, he's a pretty you know, big guy. So he's crawling on the bed, and poor Jason's like, my knees, my knees! And Grandpa's like, 
Is he always just cranky in the morning? Like, uh, that was a cute opening, you know. We had some laughs with Grandpa Ed. Trying to make his time here as memorable as humanly possible. So now we're in Jason and Maggie's bedroom. She's getting the bed made, and she's just telling Jason, look, I really wish Dad would have told me that he was coming in today. I don't have time to talk today. I don't even have time to breathe today. She's very busy, got a lot of errands. She's got to drop Chrissy off at school. She's got to go to work, and this and that. And he traveled 2,000 miles. He clearly flew. And Maggie's like, he's up to something. Why would he travel 2,000 miles and not bring mom? Something is clearly up. I'm going to play this clip because it's just kind of funny, the banter between Jason and Maggie. Maggie's trying to suss out why her dad is here. And he's making a joke about Maggie's mother. Like, yeah, it is your mom, you know. And Maggie's like, yeah. But he stopped listening to her years ago. I wish my dad had told me he was coming. I don't have time to talk to him today. I don't have time to breathe today. I'm telling you that he is up to something. Why else would he travel 200 miles without bringing my mom? Man, Maggie, this is your mother we're talking about. <laughs> Jason, my mom does not get on my dad's nerves. He stopped listening to her years ago. <laughs> well, what do you think he's up to then? Oh, I don't know, but somehow I know I'm going to end up feeling guilty and then I'm going to take it out on you. <laughs> I'll be working late tonight. <laughs> so now we're down in the kitchen and everyone's having pancakes. And Grandpa Ed always refers to Maggie. He calls her Margaret. And he says, nobody makes pancakes like you do, Mar blueberry pancakes like you do, Margaret. And Maggie's like, those aren't blueberry pancakes. So Ed takes the paper and smacks a bug supposedly which gets everyone at the table laughing just it's a sweet cute moment that it's like yeah he's getting in as much family time as he can before he breaks the news to maggie nobody makes blueberry pancakes like you do margaret oh those aren't blueberry pancakes oh <laughs> oh that was good such a good example for the little one. Hey, hey, what's so funny? Hey, Mikey. Hey, Grandpa Ed. How's a famous actor? Hey, good. Listen, have you done any love scenes with that Michelle Pfeiffer yet? Miss Pfeiffer, Michelle Pfeiffer. Why didn't I tell you the grandpa was coming over? None of us knew. Huh? That's ridiculous. I phoned yesterday. I wouldn't barge in here without calling. Oh, come on, Ed. You never call. You always barge in. The hell I do. I left a message with Benny just like I always do. Really? Always do? Yeah. So all these years, you haven't been barging in? I should say not. <laughs> Didn't I tell you guys? No. No. Great. And after all the stupid messages we've taken for you. So, what else have you forgotten to tell us? Um, Mike, Julie called. She says the wedding's off. Really? <laughs> Still haven't answered my question. Why are you here? No reason. It was just sort of a spur of the moment visit. I thought maybe we could sit around all day and talk. You know, chew the fat and see what sticks to the wall. <laughs> no wonder Mom stayed home. What do we do first? I'm sorry, Dad, but you just picked a very bad day. Well, I, I thought maybe we could all go out for malls, huh? Oh, Dad, I've got this PTA thing, and I've got these two articles that are due next Friday, and I haven't even started them yet. Say, are you still crazy about hopscotch? <laughs> Dad, Dad, I can't. 
Eulistine, uh, I really can't. All right, just go on. Just don't trouble yourself over me. Just go on about your business. <laughs> Forget that I'm here. Forget that I flew 200 miles. Forget that I took a cab. Forget that I brought you into this world, put a roof over your head for 18 miserable years. <laughs> you left out the part about carrying her six miles to the hospital when she fractured her tibia. Right, in a snowstorm. With a three-foot drift. Without any shoes on. With Thank you, Chrissy. With a wild pack of wolves chasing me. <laughs> so, apparently... Ben's been taking phone calls from Grandpa Ed because Grandpa Ed claims like, oh no, I wouldn't just barge in. I've always called before I arrive, before I've come. And apparently Ben's been taking these messages and just not telling anybody. And Carol's like, really? And after all the phone messages we've given to you that you've missed, anything else we should know about Ben? And he's like, uh, yeah, Mike, Julie called the weddings off. Like, jeez. Oh, <laughs> so everyone's pretty much left for their day, school, work, and what have you. And Maggie's got to get Chrissy off to preschool. But Grandpa, you know, her father just wants to sit and hang for, you know, spend the day yakking, talking, laughing about old times, stuff like that. And Maggie's like, Dad, look, I don't have time today. You picked a really bad day to come here because I got, she got two articles that are due Friday. She's got to get them done. She's got a PTA meeting. She's got to take Chrissy to school. It's just a really bad day all around. And of course, Grandpa Ed, you know, her dad makes her feel guilty. Like, oh, forget that I brought you into this world. I put a roof over your head for 18 years. And then Chrissy adds, like, oh, yeah, remember when you, like, carried her to the hospital in the dead of winter when she fractured her tibia and she was barefoot and there are three-foot drifts and there are wolves chasing you? It's like, uh. So this guy likes to really get in Maggie's crawl as she's walking out after dropping off Chrissy from school. And he's like, wow, it beats, uh, or you having your kid raised by strangers versus raising them by, you know, on your own or something to that effect. And Maggie's not even paying attention to him, jabber John. She's only flipping through her appointment book, just making sure she's getting all of her stuff done. And he's just wanting to talk about the old times. She just does, she's not, she's getting irritated. She finally lashes out at him when he's like, hey, remember that time that I took you and you swung on the swings at this park? And it's like, no, I don't remember. I don't remember. And this is where, you know, he drops the bomb with her. Raised by strangers beats having them raised by their own flesh and blood mothers, huh? Daddy! Never mind. That teacher there looked mighty young to me. Couldn't they find somebody your age? Thanks, Dad. Dad, look, I'm sorry this day's gonna be so hectic, but I've gotta just get... Dad! Dad, the car's over here. Come sit down, Margaret Catherine, and enjoy this crummy day. Dad, I've gotta get to the bank, and I have this PTA thing, and I still have these articles to start. You see that handsome young man over there with the bushy hair? Dad, are you listening? The one pushing his daughter on this way. Dad, I might as well give up. Yep. <laughs> now say, does he remind you of anyone? No. Someone you care about very much? No. Someone you're very close to? No. Someone you're very close to right now? Daddy, I do not have time for a guessing game. Well, then let me give you a hint. He's the spitting image of me when you were that age. Daddy! 
You never had bushy hair. You never had hair. Damn it, Peggy. Can't we have one stinking tender moment here? Okay, you had hair. I'm not talking about the hair. I'm talking about the big red swing that I used to push you in in the backyard. Remember? Daddy, we never had a big red swing in the backyard. Okay, then it was that crummy park where all of the gangs used to hold their knife fights. Well, then why didn't you say so? It was a memory. I was trying to make it nicer. Daddy, is, is something wrong? We were supposed to be knee-deep in nostalgia at this point. How was I to know that you were going to be so rude? I'm being rude. I'm the... Dad, who was the one that walked into the other's bedroom when she was lying with her husband? Fishing. What? <laughs> Fishing would do wonders for those creases in your forehead. I do not have creases in my forehead. I mean, maybe a fine line or two, but definitely not... No, forget it. What about fishing? Fine, Fish... shout at me when I've just invited you to go on a fishing trip. Dad, you didn't invite me to go on a fishing trip. Of course I did. Why else would I bring up that, that fishing trip we took when you were six years old and, and drowned all my night crawlers? Daddy, you did not bring it up. But, Maggie, exactly when did you stop listening to me? Daddy, you did not bring it up. Gee, you got me so confused. Talking to you is worse than talking to your mother. I don't know why I put up with either one of you. If anyone is not making sense around here right now, it is you. Now, you come here, you expect us to drop everything and roll out the red carpet. You don't have a care in the world. You're retired. I'm dying. To do what? No, that, that, that's what I flew 200 miles to tell you. I'm dying. And, uh, her dad just wants to relive old times. He has her sit down on a bench. Like, look at that guy over there. Who does he remind you of? And she finally, I don't know. Who does? He doesn't remind me of anybody. He's like, he is a spitting image of me when I was, when you were that girl's age. And she's like, daddy, you never had hair. You never had bushy hair or hair, period. And he's just trying to... And then he starts on about how... Oh, the, remember when I pushed you on the little red swing in the backyard? And she's like, I never had a swing in the backyard. He's like, fine, it was that park where the gangs had all their knife fights. And then, well, if you didn't know what this episode was about, he almost gives the impression of someone who's slowly developing you know, Alzheimer's, who's becoming forgetful because he's getting irritated, and she's, well, he's remembering all these things and everything, and now he, he also brings up fishing, because she's like, you know, I got a PTA meeting, I still got to get to the bank, I got to write these two articles I haven't even started yet, and he's just wanting to relive old times, and she's like, I don't, I am so neck deep in everything I got to do, and you just fly 200 plus miles to come and see me without calling by the way it's just, I, I don't have time to listen to this and he brings up fishing about the time that he took her fishing and she drowned all his night crawlers and she's like you didn't bring it up you didn't bring up this story what are you talking about and it's just finally he's like you know what no forget it forget it forget it and finally he blurts out I'm dying. 
And she's kind of looking away and she's thinking, to do what? Like, I'm dying to do what? And he's like, no. That's what I flew 200 miles to tell you. I'm dying. And you, you hear that music come in, that, that score come in, and just Maggie just, it just dawns on her, like, that was a bomb he just dropped on someone who's got a very busy day and then to find out that her father is dying. So of course you know Jason is going to look more into this as Maggie is getting even more worried. Like, why didn't he bring mom? Granted, spoiler alert, we are going to learn later, he hasn't even told her. It's like, jeez. You know, this reminds me of when, uh, my dad was diagnosed officially in, um, May of 2018, and in July, they were gonna take him up to, uh, Ann Arbor to have the bit of cancer removed from his lung, and, you know, I took the day off so we could be up there, and then the doctor called us all in there and they said that they couldn't operate because the cancer had spread and it had gotten bigger and there was nothing that they could do. So my dad spent from July of 2018 um, getting different bouts of you know chemo and, and stuff like that and eventually it just um, he ended up in the hospital with a little bit of pneumonia and stuff in February 2019, and, you know, I went and visited him, and it was nice. The last day I saw him, he was just, he was happy, he was laughing and everything, and I found out later on that they sent him home because there was nothing that they could do for him. There was too much damage, not only to, you know, his lung that had the cancer in it, but his one remaining good lung had suffered so much damage from uh, one of those things, those breathing things that they had, him breathing in, you know, breathing into, I guess, had done damage to his good lung, and uh, there was nothing they could do for him. So then... They sent him home, and about a week or so later, after that, he was gone. But, uh, yeah. It's just the thing, you know, I thought that once they got him there to Ann Arbor, that it's just, okay, they're going to remove the small spot, it'll be alright. And then just to learn that they couldn't do anything. But, um, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a shock, you know? I mean... Let's continue with this episode. Guys, I am going to get... I've already gotten emotional. And honestly, I mean, anyone who's lost a parent, a family member to cancer knows what this feels like. It's only been six months. And it's still... It's still very hard. It's still very triggering. So now it's later in the evening. Everyone's home. Um, the kids are with Grandpa all playing um, Chrissy and Grandpa Ed are playing chess. And Carol's on the floor next to Tr Chrissy kind of chilling her which area, which, you know, piece to move and everything. Meanwhile, Jason is on the phone long distance calling um, 
Grandpa Ed's doctor to find out the real story, what's going on. Maggie, meanwhile, they're both in the kitchen. Maggie's pacing. She's just trying to figure out, like, why isn't Mom with him? Why, you know... Hey, Dr. Friday, please. Dr. Jason Sieber calling long distance. Yes, thank you. I'll hold. Oh, I'm just a little Chrissy, that's your queen. Feeling good? Feeling ready? Still dancing! Oh, I just... <laughs> Oblivious to the worry he's caused me. Yeah, Dr. Riley, I'm uh, Jason Seaver. I'm Ed Malone's son-in-law, and we're a little uh, concerned about him. Uh-huh. I got it. I got it. That is not a doctor. That number he gave us is one of Dad's cronies, and this is just one big practical joke. What? Ha-ha, very funny. Laugh and sober up, you bum. Oh, <laughs> please. No, no, doctor, no. No, um, please, go on. But why would he do that? Full blood panel. And why isn't mom with him? Cardiomyopathy. Well, why would it take a plane and a cab? He's cheaper than Jason. No, no, thank you for uh, being so candid with us. Okay, bye. Honey, uh... He's dying? Wish I could say something. Oh, no. No, there must be some mistake. He looks so healthy. I mean, we just have to get a second opinion. We just Doctor, have to get a... Uh, Dr. Riley was the second opinion. He was? Yeah, see, cardiomyopathy is a, it's a viral infection. It, it affects the heart muscles. And at first, it's a mild angina. And then it, it develops into a degeneration. It was my daddy. <laughs> Sorry, honey. I, I heard a doctor talk when I'm overwhelmed. Oh, God, Jason, I don't know what to do. Well, honey, what do you think he wants? What do you mean? Well, I mean, he's, he's come all this way. It's, it's for more than just to break the news to you. I mean, there's something on his mind. What do you think it is? You know what? I don't really know my father well enough to guess. So Maggie at one point thinks it's some big joke like he hired someone to play a doctor her dad did to uh, just pretend that he's dying. He's not actually dying. So she grabs the phone right out of Jason's hand and says, Ha ha ha, that's so funny. Laugh until you sober up, sober up, you bum. Jason grabs the phone out of her hand. It's like, honey, please. And then he, he, he takes it, but he has to like hold the phone away from his ear because this doctor is screaming at him. Like, how dare you? And turns out that doctor was the second opinion. And Maggie just doesn't understand why would he fly 200 miles and then take a cab all the way from the airport because he's cheaper than Jason. Clearly, he came for a, a reason. And Maggie just... She, she starts to break down. It's like... She's like... And Jason gets off the phone. She's like, he, he's dying? He's like, I wish there was something else that I could say, honey. And she's like, no, 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 we just need a second opinion. He's like, well, Dr. Riley was that second opinion. And she's like looking at her dad. He's, she's like, no, he looks so healthy. That, there's got to be something else. And he's like, honey, I don't know what else to tell you. And it just, my heart breaks for them, for both of them, really, for, for Maggie, where, for her trying to like grapple with this. And think about it. Maggie's an only child. 
No way is her mother going to be able to handle all this stuff that's going to come forward. And, and Jason, you know, him trying to help his wife just not only understand what's going on, but then again, Jason's like, honey, he flew all this way. You know your dad. He, he wouldn't have just flown all this way just to drop this bomb, this news on you. There's got to be something more to it. And she's like, I, I don't even know my father... I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And, and my heart breaks for her. For what she's going through. And it's just... Guys, nobody's ready for their parents to go. Nobody's ready for that at any time. No matter what age your parents are. You know, all Jason can do is comfort his wife and just hold her and just, you know, be there for her. And even with Jeremy... When I got that call in the morning, I got the call saying, okay, you need to get here. Like, get here fast. And I'm busy throwing on my clothes. I'm trying to call work because, unfortunately, I didn't have the day off that day. I had to go in, so I was calling them. I'm calling Jeremy. I'm getting ready. I'm like, Jeremy, please, I need you here. But I'm like, no, no, I need to go. Because I'm thinking that Dad is still alive. And I need to get there. And it's like 40-plus minutes away from where I live. I get near my car, and I get the phone call that Dad's gone. And I'm like, no. And I... Jeremy gets there, and I'm just like... I'm breaking down, because I'm like, I didn't even get to say goodbye to him. I I was going to call him on, on Friday. On that day, I had waited a little bit to call, because, you know, he had just gotten home from the hospital. And I felt terrible. It's like, I didn't even get to say goodbye to him. But, uh, yeah, Maggie and her dad are now on the swing set out by, um, and Chrissy's swing set in the backyard, and he's just gonna, you know, go over all the details of what he kind of wants for funeral arrangements and everything like that, and, uh. Well, I guess you did find time in your busy schedule for me, huh? Daddy, I'm sorry. Well, that's what I get for raising a woman's liver. Dad, I don't want to go for a walk. important papers. You got to know they're in that big shoe box in the hall closet there right behind my fishing tackle. Uh-huh. And uh, I've, I've made the funeral arrangements with Flannery and Son Mortuary. Be sure to ask for Flannery Sr. because Flannery Jr.'s an idiot. <laughs> Daddy, do we really have to deal with all this now? This, this is important. It's about my police death benefits. And I've asked for monthly payments and, and don't let the woman who runs the office tell you any different. She's the big redhead with all awards. 
Daddy, did you really come all this way to tell me about a red-headed woman with warts? Now, look, if this is going to be too much for you to handle, I can take care of the whole thing myself from beyond the grave. Oh, Daddy, I didn't mean... How's Mom taking all this? Oh, she's fine. How can she be fine with you? Oh, the, uh, the will. It wasn't about the... Oh, the attorney that made out the will doesn't practice anymore. He's writing for Saturday Night Live. <laughs> but his, his partner's still there. Boy, he ain't funny at all. <sighs> no, I guess that's it. <laughs> that's what you came here to tell me, one napkin's worth? Honey, I'm... Uh, there's something that you don't know about me, Margaret Catherine. It's a deep, dark secret. I've kept it way down deep inside of me all these many years ever since the day of your birth. What, Daddy? Well, that night at Kelsey's bar when we got the phone call to say that all this birth and business was fine and that your mother was conscious and that you were fine. I made an oath to myself right then and there that I would never let you know that I, uh, well, I, I... Wanted a son. You know. Daddy. Until I was in my teens, you used to smoke those cigars with It's a Boy on the Rings. <laughs> well, they were good cigars. I couldn't just throw them away. You set my first doll on fire. Now, hey, now that was an accident. Besides, Chatty Cathy should have kept her mouth shut around my welding equipment. You had me try out for Little League. Yeah, but I always let you wear makeup when you got an extra base. Bought me a jock. <laughs> I didn't want you to feel any different than the other guys. <laughs> oh, Daddy, this isn't exactly news to me. Is this, is this really what you came here to tell me? It's fine. Deny a dying man his final apology. Daddy, I always knew you wanted a son. But I also knew that you loved me very much, so much, that it probably surprised you. Oh, that it did. I saw you cry at my wedding. You did? Yep. Well, that, that was probably because of the guy who you were marrying. <laughs> I don't believe you. Good. What can I do for you, Dad? Well, uh, I, I, I told you about the insurance. I... <clears throat> No, 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 the, 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 arrange, Daddy. the arrangements. Daddy, please. I, uh, please. Oh, God, honey, I'm scared. It's just not fair. Fair? <laughs> you want to talk fair? You know that Charlie McGill, who's three years older than me, he drinks a quart of scotch a day. <laughs> and that Johnny Bugliosi, he's had so much surgery, he pees out of his armpit. <laughs> Still out there on the golf course, making easy money with those putts he is. For the past ten years, I've avoided red meat, cholesterol, nitrate, salt, and every other damn thing your mother could read about in those Reader's Digest. <laughs> I am Joe's stomach, I'm Joe's intestines, I'm Joe's uh, colon. I know more about Joe than his tail-stinking proctologist. You're right, Dad. It's not fair. It all goes by so fast. Oh, I'm sorry that I never saw you in your grade school Christmas pageant. Which one? All of them. 
decided to work nights because there, there was overtime and we needed the oh, money. Oh, Dad, Dad, you don't have to explain. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Is Mom really okay with all this? Are you kidding? Your mother doesn't know anything about this. Dad, you said you told her. <laughs> no, I said that she was fine. And she is fine because she doesn't know anything. But, Dad, she's got to be told. I know. She has a right to know. Let me explain something to you. A real man doesn't burden his wife with his worries and, 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 and his doubts. He, his job is to keep this marriage bliss thing going, no matter how he has to suffer in silence. So Mom's not supposed to know you have a vulnerable, sensitive side, huh? <laughs> That's been my goal. <laughs> Daddy. Look, I've taken care of my Kate for 46 years. She relies on me for her strength. She knows I'm afraid. Now what's there left for her? Dad, you can't keep this all to yourself. Oh, I'm here, aren't I? Oh, yeah. You know, another strange thing. I thought when my day came that I'd be able to be ready to die. But when that doctor gave me the news, I felt younger and healthier than I've ever felt in my life. Now, what's the sense of all of that? I know, Daddy. When I was a young man, I used to think that old people had all the answers. Oh. I thought you had all the answers all along. No. I was just faking it. Our secret. Our secret. Mom's got to be told, Dad. Yeah, I know. I know. But I needed to talk to you first. Need it? You don't think any less of me, do you? Oh, no, Daddy. I am so proud to be your son. <laughs> so to kind of go back to the beginning of where this clip started, they were originally going to go for a walk, Maggie and Ed, and... She's like, Daddy, I don't want to go for a walk. So they go into the backyard where Chrissy's swing set is. And he kind of breaks down some of the stuff that he wants to get off his chest, some of the stuff he wants to say. Um, especially when it comes to planning the funeral to go with so-and-so senior over so-and-so junior because the junior's an idiot. And... Um, he also goes into the fact that there are guys older than him that are drinking, like, uh, a bottle of scotch a day, and they're still kicking around. And a guy that's had so many surgeries, he, like, pisses out of his armpit, and it's just... Not to mention, you know, his, his wife, who he has neglected to tell. I get his reasoning where he's, you know, like, I'm supposed to be the man, the protector. A wife doesn't want to be bogged down by her husband's worries like you know I have to be the one to take all of this on so he's really trying to keep her from being you know upset and everything like it's just gonna worry her and Maggie's like daddy mom has to be told you have to tell her and he's 
says, you know, for years, your mom, you know, I've been off of red meat, trying to cut back on salt, any other thing that your mom digs up from, like, magazines or the news about how to live longer and stay healthier, she has been on about. As soon as they get to the backyard, Maggie breaks down and she just wraps her, her dad in a hug like, Daddy. And he's like, hey, 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 I don't want to hear, I don't want to see any tears, all right? Like, you just, you got to stay strong for me. And Maggie looks at her dad, she's like, Dad, what do you want? Anything you want or do you need to tell me and I will do absolutely anything. And that's when um, her father pulls out the napkins worth of information in regards to his will, his benefits from being a police officer, all the stuff that you want to get out and make sure whoever's going to be taking care of this stuff after you're gone, you want to make sure, especially when it comes to his wife, make sure his wife gets his police benefits and the will, everything's distributed as it, as it should, the funeral arrangements, all of that stuff. Like, the day that my dad passed, things moved so fast. We went to the funeral home, we started planning the ob you know, the funeral, the obituary. We had to pick out a casket. I'd never done any of that stuff before. But my big sister was there, and she took on so much of this responsibility. And I just, I, I can't, I just, you know, and, and, and the family and everything like that. And also, you know, picking out pictures for going up on the, um, the, the corkboard things for, you know, the visitation and, and everything. It's just everything moved literally at the speed of light. It's like that day he's gone. You're doing all of this stuff to get ready for, you know, the visitation Monday, the funerals, to the weather. It was, he passed away March 1st. March 4th and 5th were, what, the, the visitation and funeral and here in Michigan, the weather still topsy-turvy with winter, and I was so scared that I was going to miss the funeral because there was a backup on the expressway. We were like 40 plus, like an hour away from where we needed to be, and uh, I was just worried. It's like watching the time, and I'm calling my sister and Pam. They're like, don't worry, don't worry, stay calm. It's not going to start. The funeral's not going to start without you. And I was just so stressed and so worried, but it's just, it's almost like all of that stuff happened within the course from Friday to Tuesday. And after that, it's just like, and even still now, there are remainders of things that we still need to do down the road. And it's just, the last six months have just been a whirlwind and it's just amazing how easily triggered a person can get just by the littlest things but anyway so and tells her this deep dark secret he's been carrying around since the night she was born and maggie already knows like daddy i know that you wanted a son for years until my teens you were smoking the cigars with it's a boy on the on the front of it and he had her try out for Little League and got her a jock strap and everything like that. And it's just like, oh my goodness. And and Ed even admits he's scared. He is scared. It's frightening. The fact of you just knowing that you're not going to exist and the, and the fear of death. Because 
you know, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, depending on your religion and everything like that. And it's just, it's a scary, scary thought. And he, you know, he just opens up to her about his, his fears and his wants and his, you know, what's to happen after he's gone. And this is just uh, so much for Meg as an only child to be taking on all of this. And she probably wants to do, you know, so that way her mother doesn't have to worry. But then again, he hasn't told his wife. Whether he gets that chance, I don't think so. Because the final scene really just, ugh. This whole episode, guys, I know it's not a happy episode. But it's just this, for Joanna Kearns, who plays Maggie, this is going to be my favorite episode of hers just because of what she has to bring to the table emotionally it just puts you right through the ringer so it looks like it's the next day and Maggie is all dressed and ready to go for a fishing trip well this can't be the next day though I'm confused but Chrissy apparently also wants to go, and Maggie says, well, you're, you know how you and you wanted Daddy all to yourself? You guys went and saw a movie, and you didn't want anyone else to come. She's like, well, that's how it is with me and Grandpa. You know, Grandpa is my daddy, and we're going to go fishing together, just him and I, to spend time together. And Chrissy's like, I won't say a word. I'll just sit there and look cute. It's like, no, 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 no. And apparently she borrowed those um, waders that looks like when you go fly fishing. She borrowed them from Ben. And Ben's like, oh yeah, I don't use them anymore because they have bugs in them. I'm like, oh, great. And Jason comes into the room. He sees Maggie is all dressed and she's, you know, messing with the fishing rod and everything like that. She's so happy. And you just know from the look on his face, he is going to deliver some really sad news. Oh, Ben, these will do just fine. I'll get it. They're yours. Oh, honey, I only need them for a couple of days. I don't want them back. I don't use them anymore since they got bug infested. <laughs> I still don't get it. Why can't I go fishing with you, Grandpa? Oh, honey, it's just a chance for Grandpa and I to talk. I won't say a word. I'll just sit there and look cute. <laughs> Sweetheart, do you remember last month when Daddy took you ice skating and you didn't want anyone else to go because you didn't want to share him? What's your point? <laughs> well, Grandpa is my daddy. And that's why last night I couldn't ride along when you dropped Grandpa at the airport. That's right. Is this a trend? <laughs> well, sweetheart. called him this morning to see if he had a safe flight. Doctor said he went quickly and there was no pain. No, no, he just invited me on this fishing trip. No, no, we were going to pick up women. Oh, Jesus. I gotta go, Bob. 
Okay, so what I'm getting is she called him just to see if he had a safe flight, and I'm guessing... I wonder if him being on that plane ride kind of... The elevation and everything might have messed things with him. Maybe it was too much. The fact that he got home from that flight and all of a sudden it's like, boom, he's gone. It's like, oh my god. Oh my goodness. Because she's so happy and everything and she notices right away on Jason's face, it's like, what's wrong? He's like, I just got off the phone with the doctor and um, your dad passed away about an hour ago. And Maggie just she was so happy a minute ago and she just, you know, throws that fishing rod down. She's like, no, no, no. You know, we, we, he just invited me on this fishing trip. We were going to, you know, pick up where we left off and everything. And it's just, it's like, you think you have time and you, this just, these things happen when you least expect them to. And it's like, that's why I say, guys appreciate the time with your parents you may have a busy life it just takes a phone call or, or a visit or something because you don't know when it's going to be your last time to be able to see your parents and talk with them and see you love them and everything And she's, the last thing she says is, I gotta tell mom. It's like, yeah, because he probably didn't tell her. So the last image we fade out on from this episode is in the backyard of a young Maggie and a young Ed Malone. You know, he's pushing her on the swing, you know, like he talked about when, you know, he would push her on the swing and everything. And he's she's talking about, can I wear lipstick? And he's like, oh no, just... Not to practice. You can, but not to practice because, you know, that wouldn't be right. And he says, few guys that play baseball who wear lipstick <laughs> rarely make it to the minor leagues or whatever, but ah. Uh, oh, this episode had me through the ringer. I know, guys, this was a downer episode and I'm sorry, but it's just this is the one I wanted to choose for Maggie. And it's just, it's, it's got such a great message that our time here, guys, is very, very short. And it's just, it's up to us to choose what we do with it. But the only thing I can say is call your parent once in a while. Give them a hug. Tell them you love them. I, their stories might be old and corny and just you've heard them a thousand times. But trust me. When they're not here, you're gonna miss it. Um, last weekend, Jeremy had to um fix the bathtub faucet, and he was getting frustrated because he was um he got it taken apart, and he was tr he had to go to Home Depot like twice, and the parts he was getting weren't working, and he had to get a new like faucet handle thing because the other one broke. I offered to drive him the third time because he was getting really angry and we went there and I said don't worry I'll track like an employee down and talk to them. The employee of course was helping another customer and the customer he was like trying to the employee was trying to give him you know something like a tube of some sort and the customer said oh don't worry my dad's gonna help me and that 
that kind of cut me deep. It really kind of, you know, like I, I said that sometimes little things will pop up and you'll get triggered. And it just, the reason it kind of triggered was because the kid said, my dad's going to help me. And I'm just thinking of two years ago when my dad had stopped over to help with the toilet and, and the tub faucet. He was able to get that replaced and everything, the thing inside of it. And it's just, <laughs> oh my goodness. Mm. I mean, Jeremy's not Mr. Handyman. He does what he can. And I'm thankful for that. And it just... My dad was so many things. So many great things. He just, he knew how to, how to do things. And... But... <clears throat> so this is the episode, guys. I hope, uh... I hope you don't mind me, uh... The fact that I, I I cried throughout it a bit and everything. I know this is probably a depressing episode, but I really like Joanna Kearns' acting in it. And I just thought it delivers such a great message of how life is short, our time is short. We need to do, make the most of the time that we have. Not only our own time, but the time we have with our parents and family members. Because you don't know when it's going to be your last so make the most of it. All right, everybody. Have a great week. Bye-bye.